Hello and welcome to Answer Friends. My name is Jordan Jones. With me as always is K-Dog. We didn't oh. agree on that. Well, yeah, I just kind of surprised her with that nickname. I got tired of just saying Kendra. Uh, with me as always is Kendra. We'll work on the nicknames. Yeah. Um, so today, uh, our guest, we have a very special guest, as all, all of our guests are. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, brought another chef, a side-by-side kind of of last week. Uh, if you listened to last week's episode uh, with Peter. Uh, Lee Summers, you kind of got a feel of like his story, where he's at now, um, and uh, how he kind of got there. And so we kind of wanted to do a comparison to kind of to see the uh, side by side of because they work in the same uh, restaurant, kind of side by side, female, male version, and how that goes. Today, welcome our guest, Christine Young. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. Also, we should say that, cheers. yeah, cheers. cheers. We haven't really yeah. been saying this. So little by little, um, our first couple guests were like early in the morning, mm. so we didn't really drink with them, but our more of our personalities are coming out now that we have guests in the afternoon. Like we had craft beers, then we had whiskey last week with Peter, or are you drinking Miller Lights? Like, Miller Light, my favorite. Yeah, like classy people. That's what I asked you, like what your favorite beer was, and you said Miller Light, and I actually had just bought a 24 ounce. It's amazing. Yeah, so yeah. it's great. They're so, it's so crisp, refreshing. Yeah, yeah that's what uh, I've, I've been telling people that like, that... um so for the, I mean, for the past couple of years, I was like such a uh, craft beer like bitch yeah. where, I was, where I was like, where I was like, I am only going to drink an IPA. I'm only going to mm-hmm. drink it like, or I'm going to drink like if it's local or if it's like a sour. Yeah. I wouldn't even, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't even fuck with anything domestic or like cheap, quote unquote cheap, cheap beer. But I, I actually blame the dog for reintroducing us because we needed some. I wanted something more like light and refreshing when we bring the dog to the park and stuff like that. Yes. And Miller Light and Coors Light have become. It's the dog. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, blame 100%. the dog. Yeah. yeah. Especially with like the twist off tops. Oh, my gosh. The, those are those are the death of me, I think. Yeah. I the other day I went to Wawa and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to look for some snacks and I walk by the beer cooler and I see the twist off caps. I'm like. Yo, that's sexy, that's bro. Yeah. yeah, and it's dangerous because it's like, yeah, I'll just save this for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah or like I was, I'm saying that it's great for the part because you can just twist it on and then just just run, run, yeah, and we can run around, <laughs> do whatever. So you're still active uh-huh. with a beer in your exactly. hand. Exactly, you're burning the calories. Yeah, exactly, yes. exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's hop in. So this uh, is also going to be a little bit different because me and you have known each other for several years. Yes, but I don't think we've ever like. Uh, I mean, we've shout the shit about like food and like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, we've hugged each other that close, but like, I don't, I don't think we've ever actually like sat down and like talked really. I was thinking about that actually on the car ride, like here, I was uh-huh. like, Oh gosh, he's going to have to hear so many stories that I've already like said and it'll be yeah. boring. And I was like, wait, we, we've only just like fucked around yeah. like working together. Yeah. And then, by the end of it, we're all like Kendra too. Like mm-hmm. we work together too. By the end of it, we're so tired and over it that we're like, okay, I love you so much. Yeah. We're going to have a beer and then yeah. uh, go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. So it's going to be great to kind of catch up and kind of uh, hear your story. Cause I obviously, you know, I follow you on social media and like, you know, known you from, you know, around town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, interesting. So I found out from you that uh, you grew up in Queens. Yes, I did. Yeah. I was born in Manhattan. My parents moved to America around like nine, like 89. They moved is from when where? my dad moved from China, Qingdao. Mm-hmm. Um, so Qingdao, people know, is like Qingdao beer. 
I think is the only thing that really is uh, they're famous for. Um, yeah. So then he moved from there to the States, to New York, um, I think 88, 89. And then he got things situated and settled. That's when he brought my mom over, also from Qingdao, um, to the States. Um, that was 91. Then a year later, I was born. We go to, I was born in Manhattan. By then, they didn't have an apartment. They had a apartment, but mm -hmm. my dad and my mom were both working. Oh, yeah. So I kind of grew up in like East Harlem was where they were working and where um, everything was based out of our family. So by that point, you know, grandma, uncle, most of the family on my dad's side was already there. Oh, nice. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So my dad actually had an easier transition. I want to say easy, but mm -hmm. easier transition into like American culture versus my uncle and my grandma. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I, I grew up there. I had like you know, a Puerto Rican nanny while my parents worked. Nice. And she took care of me. Yeah. What'd your parents so, do? My parents, uh, industry, you know, so my dad, oh, yeah. yeah, my uncle managed to save up enough money to open up, um, a diner <laughs> yeah. in Manhattan. And, um, it kind of popped off like at the time because, um, he served donuts, like he served great diner food, but including that he was, his partner was Greek. And he had a lot of like Spanish friends. So um, they all kind of collaborated on a menu, made it bomb, sold a lot of Puerto Rican food. So it was like this blend of all these uh, immigrants that's awesome. working together. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. fantastic. Like uh, we actually talked about in an episode, like I've always had the utmost respect for short order cooks. Yeah. For like, you know, anybody that works in the, you know, any kind of like breast uh, breakfast like style. Um, you know, cooking restaurant. Yes. Well, I mean, not, not just a restaurant, but like yeah. that that morning style of just like bang it's as like bang you know, it out as yeah. quickly as possible. And you're there at like you know 4 a.m. getting ready for service or whatever. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, so it yeah. takes you know someone that's you know super hardworking to even start something like that and Absolutely. get it going. You know what I mean? Yeah, my uncle. It's interesting because my neither of my parents and my uncle, like everyone in my family, never considered working in the food industry. In China, most of them were in health. Like my parents were general practitioners. They were doctors, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, high expectations. And then my uncle actually came to the States. Um, I believe he was at NYU studying music. Yeah. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. And then some shit happened with the family. Like uh, my aunt passed away okay. and it was pretty hard on everyone. He kind of lost his shit and he was like, you know what? Fuck the world. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go hang out with the kids in the slums kind of thing. Right on. As yeah. most people do when they start cooking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then um, and then at the time, those guys that he was friends with were like, you know, we just want to open up a diner. He did the thing. When my dad came by then, my uncle had he's really business savvy. My uncle. So Uncle Tom. So Uncle Tommy. I think at the time just really expanded really quickly at the time. He bought the building that the restaurant was in. Mm -hmm. And this is like Manhattan. So kind of wild. And are you, know? you are you born at this point? Like, are you like. I was not my dad. Then my dad came. So oh, when my okay. dad came. My uncle had already situated himself. Yeah. So my dad started working at the diner. But like all Chinese people, they were like, your family and we'll help. But like, you got to work your way up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So my dad started obviously dishwasher, um, worked his way up. Then they, my dad opened up another a pizzeria, Triple A Cafe. Hell yeah. yeah, 
in East Harlem. By this point, I was born. Yeah. Um, when he had the restaurant, I think he, he, oh, he opened up the restaurant shortly after I was born. And then my mom, at the time, I believe she was just working front of house. Like she was doing host host stuff, um, waitressing at my uncle's diner. So it's in your blood is what you're saying. Like, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so like when all this is going on, like, did they, how long were you guys there? How long was your family there before? This was up until I was 12 years old. So my parents are very, um, they're very fastidious, you okay. know, people, they work mm-hmm. very hard. They're very meticulous. So I think that means that like my father, he's very, he gets comfortable and he knows that this is good income yeah it's doing well it's feeding a family so he stuck with it that's a good i mean that's a good mentality to have as a parent absolutely so was your like uh story kind of like uh peter's like he he told the story of him being young and doing prep and Mm -hmm. and like in the restaurant when he was like eight or whatever Mm -hmm. did you kind of have the same experience or they kind of leave you out of it and kind of let you be a kid they they absolutely left me out of it they i was jealous when i heard that peter had those experiences because my parents they absolutely did not want their children working hard like they did you know they yeah they were like we're not gonna let our (laughs) our baby girl work mm-hmm. you know um so they the most i did was hang out with my dad on the weekends and i would sell snapples <laughs> oh, nice. you know they would dress me up all cute and then i would be sitting <laughs> on the side you know playing games with the quarters with all the homies that would go there for a slice of pizza what was your favorite and snapple flavor snapple was lemon 100 yeah the og and then as I grew older was when I was introduced to like my dad's favorite was peach. My oh, mine's kiwi strawberry, I think. That's the one. Yeah. That's the uh, one by the end. I was like, yo, yeah. it's lit. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And you get a little yeah. information in it, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so you kind of talked about you weren't like, you know, they didn't really want, want you to work into the kitchen. So like one of my questions was kind of like, when did you decide you wanted to cook? Was it around that time that you, if you look back on it, do you have that feeling that because you weren't allowed in that maybe you're drawn to it now? Or do you think that there was some appeal to it like, you know, later on? Well, I mean, was there any, like even then, was there like, oh shit, I wanted to, yeah. So never, no. So like my whole life was food. So my mom is an excellent, excellent cook. So she made Chinese dinners every night, always different. Always had friends over. We had two kitchens, basement and upstairs. You know, she was, yeah, she was, she was like a, she wanted to live a very glamorous, like, you know, food filled life. But Chinese people are quite obsessed with food in general, Mm -hmm. like to a weird degree, you know, food is life. So I, especially in New York, you're surrounded by good food all the time. You know, after school, we would walk to the local like Korean shop or the Indian deli or, you know, there was always food around. So I never thought that it was special to love food and have a passion for it because I was around it so much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, it wasn't until I was 20, I want to say like 22, 23 was when I was in Orlando. I started taking taking food well, let's, take, let's take it back real quick how did, oh, yeah, you, yeah. How did you get from New York to oh, Orlando yeah, sorry. To Orlando? yeah um, my parents after 9-11 it was a huge hit on the industry mm-hmm. because no one everyone was too scared to go out to eat yeah uh, especially in Manhattan at that point my dad had um, just anger issues and okay. frustrations and stress the yeah. city does that to you so yeah. he was coming home like just he looked off 
he just looks so tired and stressed. So um, by that point, we had taken a couple trips to Orlando for my birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. You like went to the parks and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, I thought I was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, because in New York, you can't do stuff like that, really. We had six flags maybe, but like, you know. So we did that. And then my dad was just like, everyone's so happy here. Like people say good morning to you. Oh, like yeah. just walking by. Yeah. We thought it was so weird. And people smile at you. And so my dad was like, I, I want to be that. I'm tired of this shit. Like I'm tired of shoveling snow, all that stuff. My mom hated the idea. She just was like, I'm a city girl. Yeah. I don't want to leave all my friends. Mm-hmm. My dad just coaxed us. He was like, don't you want to go to Disney every day? <laughs> was that, do you have like, any siblings? Yeah. yeah, I have a younger brother, Mike. So I'm sure that he teamed up with oh, you and 100%. Your, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, we ganged up on my mom 100. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so eventually she cracks. She cracked. And she had not, to. Yeah. How old were you when you moved to Orlando? We were 12. I was 12 when I moved to. We moved to Naples first, which was uh, the worst experience we all have ever experienced. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, besides the dolphins and the beautiful weather, mm-hmm. um, just there is nothing there. Yeah, well, that's most. Be, yeah, yes. like beach towns have. Of way, a way of kind of like over time, like losing their luster, yes. I guess is the uh, right, you know, because when you go and visit for like a couple of days or even a day, mm-hmm. there's like a sense of like, like wonderment right at the beach and like all that kind of stuff. But I'm um, from our experience, yeah. it kind of, there's a, there's a stretch where you're yeah. like, okay, yeah, it still has that uh, small time, small town like vibe. It's wonderful for visiting. I'm sure like in when you're older and maybe retired, mm-hmm. you want that slow life. It's great. But going from the city where oh, we were used yeah, to like mm-hmm. walking yeah, anywhere to that was hard, especially at the time, you know, Chinese food was not very prominent mm-hmm. in the South at all. So yeah. there we had to drive like an hour out to go to a really terrible small Chinese yeah. shop, you know, to get all our needs. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Like I uh, there was two Chinese restaurants yeah. or, and there was just like your typical, you know, okay. China star yeah, or, or, yeah, buffet. Yeah. yeah I and love like, those, yeah. I mean, but honestly, like I honestly say this before, like moving outside of Arkansas, I don't think I ever even like spoke to a Chinese person. Yeah. They just didn't, they, I, they just, besides yeah. running those pockets of restaurants and like they were, damn, they were non-existent. They're also very to themselves. Like Chinese people, they, like to a degree, you know, they get, they want to stick with each other because they work all day. Mm-hmm. So they just want to be surrounded by their own friends. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that with the Chinese community, it's hard to find, you know, Chinese immigrants yeah. really to befriend. Yeah. Um, I totally understand. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was great that you guys, I mean, at least had that experience at Naples and we're like, you know what? Nah. So yeah. then you decide. We moved to Orlando yep. a, a year after. Cause mm-hmm. my, you know, we were like, no, yeah. <laughs> all of us. Yeah. And I was like, uh, dad, you promised Disney. And yeah. that's six hours away. Yeah. Um, so then we moved to Orlando. That was when I realized like, Oh, like this isn't going to change. Like the absence of food culture. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. This is not just Naples. Mm -hmm. Like, this is kind of everywhere. Yeah. So I go through middle high school, you know, doing the Chick-fil-A thing, you know. You were Chick-fil-A? 
Oh no no! I just you know oh. just I mean like just eating oh. out oh, like, like thought, you know eating with whatever. I thought that was a, that was a <laughs> common phrase. You know, doing the Chick Fil A thing where it worked. Chick Fil A thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, those people are the nicest. They are the so nicest. Nice. I mean, they're definitely all virgins, but they yes. are the nicest. Yes, but, but uh, also like learning their systems and operations would have been tight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are a well-oiled machine. A very very efficient. It would be sick to learn that. But um, I just did the thing of like making friends and learning how to enjoy life in Orlando as a kid, mm-hmm. like, you know, going to house parties and uh, not worrying about school was very new to me because I was gro- I was raised to be this, you know, prolific model Asian yeah. child. <laughs> so it was weird. Like, I'm not competing with my classmates to be the best. Yeah. You know, it was very new to me. So, of course, I just stopped caring about mm-hmm. grades and, yeah. you know, fell back a lot. <laughs> nice. And what? You, and I'm sure your parents were pretty frustrated about that. My mother was. But, you know, in New York it, at the time, I don't know about now, at the time you could, you could, I could, I went three years without working hard or studying. And by that point, I was still really good at school, you know? So, um, I was never, I never fell back uh, Mm. in grade wise. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was always really well, I did well in school. So like everything in my life, I think my parents kind of groomed me to be this person that was good at everything or worked hard at everything and learned Mm. quickly. So, um, I'm pretty confident in those skills, but that in itself kind of, forced me to be a little more lazy. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm I'm the same exact way. My I mom. I was going to say, I think that that's how Jordan that's was how raised Jordan. as well. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, I was raised to work hard, you know, just, you know, grind, work the hardest out of anybody mm-hmm. and do it well. Yeah. Show up on time. Exactly. Show up every day, all that good stuff. And like, you know, theirs was more like, less like uh, manual labor. Like it was never like mm-hmm. any kind of skill involved. It was like, my mom obviously wanted me to go to college and all that kind of stuff and believed in me wholeheartedly no matter what I wanted to do right and like but like I said to a fault where like mm-hmm. early on where I was like I can do anything, I can do anything and I would yeah. just jump from one <laughs> exactly. thing to another like, exactly. like it doesn't matter what it is like I, I, and I that's can why do like when I listened to the podcast with Peter I was so jealous because like I'm really jealous of people who hone in on one thing mm-hmm. like get hyper focused mm-hmm. and they just want to perfect that craft yeah. and they do really well at it I'm very scattered brain because I'm like okay I kind of did good at this thing okay next Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um so then like it wasn't up until I was in college 22 ish was when I was like wait there is a food scene like yeah. someone had taken me to K restaurant uh mm. Edgewater Drive and I was like wait this place is sick it's a house and yeah. they grow their own plants and like vegetables okay. is and it still they there? A, they shut down like a couple years ago I think mm. but now I think they've turned it into something else I forget Yeah um so I went there and the food was amazing and it was American, I believe. And mm-hmm. uh, I just remember taking photos of it and posting it on my Instagram. And this was with like a really, really terrible camera, you know, on my a phone. Flip phone or yeah, flip phone. Kick, exactly. Whatever. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. So um, I was like, wait, this is kind of fun. So I just started taking photos of like anything I was eating and posting it on Instagram. That quickly built into like this hobby of mine because I was so bored all the time. I just kept going out to eat and finding new places Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like I had gone back to New York and my cousin took me to a, I think it was a one star or two star Michelin sushi uh, joint called sushi of Gari 46 times square. 
And I had my first omakase uh, meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like stunned. Like this food was amazing. I go back to Orlando. I Google it. I Google it. I'm pretty much obsessed with it. Every day I'm Googling for this and nothing would pop up. Like the only sushi shop was like, you know, your traditional yeah, yeah. American sushi. Yeah, yeah. Bento Cafe, mm-hmm. which I love. But yeah. um, it wasn't, you know, the high end thing I was looking for. One day Capo pops up on, oh, okay, my, yeah. on my web browser. Mm-hmm. And I'm like shit and bricks i'm like oh my god yeah <laughs> finally so i go and it's the first time i had ever gone to east end market so mm-hmm. this is when it kind of just like first popped yeah, it was up. like yeah connected to it yeah yeah so then funny enough that's when i first met uh peter okay uh was when he was in chocos the stall not the restaurant and um so i go there and I'm dining every day. Like I go there for lunch right after class. I would go sit, read a book and have some sushi. And, um, that was when I was, I was applying for a job, like at the bread shop at old hearth. Yeah. Well, during real, real quick during yeah. like all the, um, like college that you're doing, did you yeah. have an idea of like what you wanted to do at any no. point? Was there, you know, you're just like, I got to go to college. I'm I, yeah. I was in health sciences. So mm-hmm. I switched from biology, but then like you know it was too hard with calculus and everything yeah. so then i was like yeah. oh fuck this <laughs> and then i went to like health sciences i did it to like alleviate my parents stress about yeah. my future it made them feel better that i was studying health and i tried to convince myself like i like i like helping people like i'm gonna try doing this mm-hmm. mm, i hate science i hate math i don't know what i was thinking so yeah. I think like food was that outlet for okay. me. Yeah. So so yeah. you are eating there all the time, and you're like, holy shit! And you're applying to the, the yeah the bread place. And one then you day decide, like, I'm sitting for like a part time job for the weekend at Ho- Old Hearth. Mm-hmm. Then Lo uh, just looks at me. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't know. I'm just like looking for another job." At the time, I was working like two separate jobs, and I was looking for a third one. Um, and then he was like. Like, where? And I was like, the bread shop, just an easy job, like a weekend one. He was like, oh, like, do you care about food? Like, do you want to work in food? And then I just noticed, like, Mark and Jen kind of, like, slowly, like, listening in on the conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was, like, getting nervous. I was like, well, yeah, I guess. Like, I, n- I never, no one had ever asked me mm-hmm. if I actually cared about food in that way. Yeah. They were just like, oh, she likes to eat, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I guess, yeah, like that would be super fun to like learn how to cook in a professional kitchen. I was like, yeah, but there's no way. Like I have no experience. Yep. You know, all these thoughts run in my mind. He was like, we'll teach you everything as long as you're willing to learn. And I'm like, okay, okay, you know, so then I literally, I was wearing like a cute outfit and, you know, high heels and they were like, you want to hop behind like now (laughs) to try it out? I know. (laughs) And I was like, I mean, uh, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm not dressed for it. And Jen was like, I have an extra pair of sneakers and I have an apron. Okay. So I just started like doing dishes and it was so fun. Like I just, even washing dishes was fun. Um, I think like anyone who knows Mark Chen and Lowe, they work very meticulously. Yeah. And so uh, they just even taught me how to like not be loud while 
washing dishes. Yeah. Plates couldn't even hit each other, you know? Yeah, well, and, like, do you think that like that, um, that discipline and that drive or whatever, like kind of that to go back to kind of what you were saying yeah. of like your parents, like teaching you like to work hard and do something really well. You think that seeing them do that and kind of showing you that kind of stuff was kind of what, what kind of drew you to like, oh shit, this is cool. Yes. Well, in the same like vein, because like we talked about before with other people and other chefs I have personally were for me, my biggest thing was, was that drive and that work hard. Cause it reminded me a lot of a combination of sports, which I played a lot where mm-hmm. it's like really, com- it's almost competitive, yes. but you're also working with a team yes. cause you're, you're more competing against yourself yes. and the tickets and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, as also like, um, you have to be meticulous, you have to do it well or it shows there's so much, you know, it's so much of it that kind of combines into like a sports and like manual labor thing. For me, that was my draw to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, like the first time I ever was like, even thought that I wanted to cook was I was just bar backing. I'd started washing dishes. I was bar backing and they'd open the back at third wave, mm-hmm. like the back you know, yeah. uh, kitchen. And Bruno was back there and he had a team. And then one, one night everyone called out, like every single person <gasps> called out. And so I, like, no. and we have a normal service. And Bruno's back there running all three stations Hell and yeah. Expo. And I, wa- <laughs> I walk back there and I go, hey, do you need help with anything? And he looked me right in the face and he goes, do you know how to do anything back here? I said, no. And he said, get the fuck away from the window. Oh, and I walked yeah. off. And the okay. next day I came back and I was like, hey, man, you want to show me how to do yeah, some stuff back me? there? Yeah. His, 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 watching him crush it and then also him, be, him being mean to me made well, me want to do it. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of the same thing, yeah. like him doing it meticulously. And doing it like competing almost against himself and the tickets, and then also almost competing against the people that called out like "fuck you," I'm yeah, still going to crush could fucking it. Fucking kill it. Yeah. Exactly. That kind of was what drew me to it, and continues to kind of draw me to it, and like getting better or whatever. Yeah, I um I am coming to terms with how competitive I naturally am. Yes. I never thought that. I thought no. I was this demure, sweet person all my life. You know, people pleasing, all these things <clears throat> that I was taught at a young age. But then all of a sudden I'm witnessing people who like one genuinely care about what they do, but then taking pride in it. Yes. And was like, yeah, I'm the fucking best. Yeah. I had never experienced that. I realized like passion, mm-hmm. true passion. Yes. Um, And it made me feel so excited that I could even be a part of it. Like I yeah. didn't, I 100%, I remember people like being like, oh, Christine, you work at Capo. And then they would address me and I'd be like, you don't even talk about me. Like I feel ashamed. Like until yeah. I'm at that level, just like this is Mark, Jen and Lowe. Like I'm just, I'm helping you with your chopsticks, yeah. you know, and, and your, your napkins. Like I'm, I'm nothing until I become something. Yes. I was totally like humbled by them and. Of course, they made sure of it as yeah. well, you know, yeah. like, um, but yeah, I just wanted to do something cool. I didn't even think of it as an, a career. I was yeah. like, this is a part time job that I get to have fun and cook. But the team work that they had was so was so locked down. I mean, it was pure silence in there yeah. besides the bang and music they would play. Yeah, it was just them prepping but they didn't even talk to each other really like hey i'm i got this and this and this is like it wasn't stressful it was just like quiet and everyone was doing their thing and it came together when people started coming in for their dinners it was six to eight people at a time for two hours and then it became this huge party that they put together in less than a day and i was just so confused and baffled by it i was like how did you finesse this? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, um, with such a tiny stall, it was literally a tiny stall. So, yeah, I would say the teamwork impressed me. The hard work impressed me. Um, 
more than that was just like caring a lot about every movement. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I, I think you really, you got it right. It's like being like finessing what you're doing so well that like no one can tell from the outside looking in yeah. how stressful it is. Especially when you get in that zone. Like I, like I've equated to sometimes like just like almost, sometimes I've bl blacked out like mm -hmm. in like certain scenarios and just woken up like five hours later. Yes. And like everything went smooth or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. when you get into that zone, especially when it's like slammed and you have someone good leading you, mm -hmm. you can really funnel it into where it's like, Almost like euphoric or yes. you're almost you're like once you get get it down so well, your body and your mind and your hands, anybody that's right. like a cook and has worked at high volume kind of understands that. But like, you know, for someone, you know, that's listening that hasn't, there's like it's hard to even explain kind of what you get into that zone. It yeah. is. It's really hard. And then I think a lot of people don't even realize like what parts of service industry um, invigorate you to want to keep going. Mm -hmm. So for me at the time at Capo, I was really doing like front of house stuff more. Um, I was making sure everyone's cups was filled, making sure they had their napkins, you know, everything. Plates were being removed. But even that was like a whole training process in itself. Like I remember Jen telling me she was like, you basically have to be invisible. Like, don't let them know you took their plate. Yeah. Like, don't let yeah. them know you're doing this. Yeah. And that like that obsession with being perfect at even replacing a napkin and how you folded was so much fun for me it was like wait like even this i have to pay attention to like yeah. i took so much pride in it so i remember one night i had three shotguns of uh of this like 20 percent like uh kikusui it's a, a sake can okay it's really strong yeah and i want to say like someone of your build like two or three will knock you out nice. i think yeah <laughs> for us i think one and a half is good yeah <clears throat> and at the, that night i didn't know my limit because they're all experienced with drinking i was not i had three yeah wow. and i remember like trying to work and do dishes and i was trying to go like fast too i was like i can do this drunk too like yeah. you know fuck it and I'm making a lot of noise. Like, <laughs> and I remember Martin and Lo, like they, they're pretty tough. So that night I remember like them being like, okay, you, we're going to, we're going to do your job basically. And yeah. you just sit down, like you had your fun and this is an introduction to like what we do and yeah. how they're like, you have to work well, but you also have to work well drunk. Like, yeah. You need to learn how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're gonna do a lot of drinking here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's a good environment to have. It when, was when it's when it's ran well. I mean, there's also the exactly. opposite where it's people you know don't you know bring that into account that you also have to do your job well. Yes. So that's I mean that's good. To so do they were like parents to me almost mm -hmm. uh, in the restaurant, restaurant industry. Parents, yeah. yeah, restaurant parents. Yeah, <laughs> introducing to me gently. I think like if I had started off in a high volume restaurant, I would be a totally different person. Yeah. Now I they taught me small skills but basics and fundamentals of how to work clean yes. efficiently quietly peacefully um but with like a steadfast like a sternness yeah. you know that i feel like it's it's just very hard to mentor that into someone yes and i feel you know? like a lot of um good cooks that i know personally have had that in one one way or another like you mm -hmm. listen to peter's episode he talks about it having it in um you know uh, south carolina where he kind of learned so much from like one particular person. Mm -hmm. And there's always that person that, you know, it might, sometimes it's even with a firm hand, but they're there to almost shape you and guide you. And the people that I feel like learn the most, and I feel like I was able to absorb so much. And even anybody that 
try to retrain like on, you know, say working with wood fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people that learn the most are the people that are passionate, want to work hard, but also don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that have never worked in the kitchen before. Yes. And as long as you're willing to, you know, learn and work hard, we're, we're willing to absorb information and continue, you know, to grow. Yeah, exactly. I had also heard a lot of horror stories about, you know, moments where people experience emotional, yes, you know, trauma yeah. with chefs and stuff. And um, for a while there, I was wondering if that was what I was experiencing at Cabo, but I really think it's about like perspective yeah, um, and how I was raised. I was raised in a pretty tough like Chinese family and expectations are always high. So I think I walked into it knowing like, or thinking that I was going to receive much worse yeah. uh, than what I actually received. Mm-hmm. Um, they might have also been more gentle on me because I was only working weekends and, yeah. you know, I wasn't a chef so or a cook even. Yeah, I guess so. You know, so I think I experienced a different side of it as well. I don't know if that's how they train all their stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely lucked out. It was when they first opened. And, yeah. You know. It's they, awesome that you had that experience and were able to like grow with it and realize that kind of was what you wanted to do. So mm-hmm. at that point, you're working there and – do you jump at some point from there to Domu or like where was there a transition period? Like when do you decide, like when you take that next step and actually decide to cook like okay. beyond there? Yeah. So, um, so at this point I wasn't ready to leave Capo, but Capo yeah. had to close down because they were going on a trip to Japan for a couple months. Then when they came back, they were going to change out Capo to be Kombini, a little Japanese mart. And they were working on future projects basically. I think that was around the time when Peter was helping them a lot. Um, so, um, I, I just was out of a job really. And I was working odd jobs here and there, but I was like, wait, I really like food. I think because people noticed my work ethic or like I, they enjoyed my, me, I guess. I don't know. Farm yes, and house. Yeah. We'll probably back you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, farm and house, Brittany and Patrick were opening up at East End and they were like, oh, like, you know, like you looking for a job. And I was like, there's no way they really want me. Like, they're just saying that. Um, obviously, my confidence is not mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, so then I remember Ryan from Lineage. He was hanging out at the market a lot at the time because Lineage was only there at the time. Um, he was like, Christine, do you actually do you want to do this? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like I would love to work in a kitchen and. So he, he suggested me and then right then and there, like I quit my nursing home job, which I was still trying to do like health stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I quit my other jobs and then I started working at farm and house. I was there for, I want to say like a year, maybe two. And then that was when Alex from Domu hit me up and he was like, he was kind of trying to like hit me up here and there. Like, Hey, like it'd be nice if you worked at Domu. It's really fun. And I was like, there's, yeah, no, but I'm I'm really loyal to Brittany and Patrick. Like, they're so nice and all these things. I just started noticing, like, all the things that they would talk about with food, like the staff at Domu mm-hmm. and how they talked about it and how to make things better and more efficient, how to prep easier. Just their conversations, like, really invigorated me to, like, want to pursue something more like that mm-hmm. um, on a larger scale. So I eventually went to oh sorry no i heard about tori yeah like it was on the down low 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 oh, that, that, had to be... like, that was a long time ago. Yeah. yeah and then um alex was like okay hey like i guess domu isn't enough for you he's like 
this is on the real low, but we might open a Japanese izakaya bar. And there's going to be a lot of grilling involved, a lot of like playing with fire. And he was like, it's going to be hella fun. Like, would you want to do that? And I was like, yes, sign me up. Like that, that was it. I was like, yeah, I'm done. So I think it was like a, a year out, a year and a half out. Um, so then I talked to Sonny about it and he was like, Hey, listen, like I can't have you on for Tori now cause it's not even built, but would you want to work at Domu and see like how our company runs and work here? And then we'll move you up. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. So started at Domu. That was where I learned like how to work on a line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's like, I, <laughs> yeah. What was that? Like kind of that first like experience or let's say the first week of like kind of embracing that like where you like holy shit like because they're because not only is it like such a tight space but also it's like such a uh like almost i wouldn't say turn and burn but it's such a fast pace it is, yeah. especially if you like sit at the bar and like kind of i mean i don't know if the bar is even open now where you can see into the kitchen you can yeah 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 but if you sit there like which i have several times it's especially like at first it was so it, it's, you know, it's so fast so fast and so tight and like uh-huh. you know everything it's a small that, kitchen yeah um, from what I remember, like learning the skill, like learning to make the food was not hard at all. Mm-hmm. I picked all that stuff up pretty easily. Uh, I think my mom, like my mom basically raised me in food and mm-hmm. cooking. So I didn't even realize that I had all the skills, like kind of like with, uh, cooking, prepping, understanding food and how it works and, and prepping. All of it came pretty easy for me. What stressed me out was the amount of things we had to prep. Like, I I think a lot of people don't realize, like, pretty much the whole menu at Domu is house-made. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So, all the toppings we had to work with. So, in the day, you clock in and you, I had to do kikarage memma, chashu, like, set up my station, cucumbers, sauces. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot. Um, but I loved it. It was like yeah. a high. I, and then, like you said, it's you're challenging yourself. You're you're competing with yourself. So every shift, I, you know, a lot of guys with big egos work in kitchens. Well, that's what that actually kind of leads me to one of the questions I have. Yeah. Now you brought that up. So, like, what was your experience at first? Because not only like because. Uh, you know, if you're a man in the kitchen, you kind of like, it's kind of just like every day when you come in, you work, whatever. And like, you know, I've had experiences with, we, uh, with women, you know, having trouble with other guys in the kitchen or having, being not respected and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which, which can be tough. And, uh, I mean, probably worse than tough. I mean, I can't put myself in those shoes, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, as that experience, did you have any kind of animosity of like, all right, I'm not only like I'm a woman, I'm a small petite woman in this yeah. kitchen and I, you know, have to like outshine, outshow. Did you feel like that, you know, any kind of that pushback because uh, you are a small woman in the kitchen? Um, So I feel like I've, I've been looking back on these things because I did have resentment, but I didn't know where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. I think what it was, was like, uh, I, I like to give credit to people who have skills that are better than me. Yeah. I will 100% do that. Um, what was hard was when I finessed it and I took time out to like be good at something and then I work it more than yeah. the average person. Mm-hmm. And I'm confident that like changing the system will uh, make it smoother. Yeah. And I'm confident in it. Like yeah. I know that this is going to be better. 
when those suggestions would be turned down or overlooked or brushed aside because they were like, oh, no, like <laughs> we're going to do it the hard way because that's how men work. Yeah. I mean, that's just when I was just like, OK, but like you, you're <laughs> you're putting aside like efficiency and money and labor and time mm-hmm. uh, when I've literally like I, I've done all the work for you. Yes. Like You just have to do it this way from yeah. now on. So I, I, I experienced some pushback sometimes. Yeah. Um, even then I was like, you know what? I'm not manager. So like, yeah. you know, whatever. You're going to do it that way. I'm just going to keep doing it my way though mm-hmm. um, until someone sees it. And then like, honestly, two or three years later, a new manager had hit me up because he heard around the grapevines. He was like, hey, I heard you had those spreadsheets and pars yeah. and stuff. Can I have those now? And I was nice. like, <laughs> so, so like, yeah, that was kind of my question. If you yeah. feel like it has gotten better, like over time as far as, or did you feel like that time that it had gotten better? You know, I think so you know, over time, yeah. slightly, I think because now everyone is aware of how toxic kitchens can be. Yes. I think people are forced to, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, uh, that's a, uh, yeah, I have that on my questions, but anyways, let's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, they're forced yeah. to be introspective. Yes. Um, and also like, I think, uh, I hate saying this, but now that I'm older yeah. and I've experienced more, mm-hmm. I, I've learned that how to address those issues better. You know, like I fight my battles, but I choose them wisely. And then, now, when I say I'm not going to fight this battle, I'm not going to like harbor it yeah. and be angry and yeah. upset. I just let it go. I'm like, okay, if they need me, they need me. They'll call on me. They'll delegate it to me. Yes. Um, if not, you know what? I get paid the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm just going to like right now working in food. It's similar to what Peter said. Like food is important, but to me, what's more important is making sure everyone's happy. Yes. That I'm happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we get paid fairly for what we do and mm-hmm. then we clock out and then we can go about our lives, you know, yeah. um, and making sure like the business yeah. itself is efficient. Well, yeah, that kind of like um, something I kind of uh, was thinking about and jotted down because I had a conversation with someone um, that's not a generation above us. Cause like Peter said, um, the genera- generation above us has transitioned to do a better job at those communication skills and making it not so toxic. Mm-hmm. But the generation above that, <clears throat> they they still see it as impossible. Like they, like, you know, will look into a kitchen such as yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, such a where you work now at uh, the Winter Park Biscuit Company and see mm-hmm. the uh, kindness, see the work ethic, see like, the, you know, there's no one yelling. There is like a general, like upbeat mm-hmm. uh, mentality and that they, you know, somehow in their brain, it do, it's not going to last that, you know, it's not uh, sustainable. Mm. And, uh I was going to ask, like, if you disagree with that, is it sustainable? Like, is it something that, you know, you can look like, you know, five years, it's going to still be able to, you know, uh, exist in that realm? I think so. It just depends on the the person who runs it. Yeah. Really. Like, mm-hmm. it's up to your leaders and the owner on how their stance is, you know, because with Winter Park Biscuit Co., where I work now, like Mary, Chef Mary, she's incredible and her morals are very firm. Mm-hmm. Like this is the way it's going to be. We're going to change the way that we talk to each other, the way we treat each other. Also, when um, when anyone has an idea or on how things can be run more efficiently, um, it's brought up and then addressed quickly. You know what I mean? And we hash it out. It's not that we disagree. We don't disagree. But um, we can talk about it like adults, yeah. you know, 
And it's just so much more efficient when you can communicate to each other. You know, just shoot me a text, call me, whatever. Like, we're all open to suggestions. Yeah. And then, like, that's how we grow. Um, but then, it to me, the way I look at it, it's, like, honestly, even down to hiring. Yeah. I think the restaurant industry, it's toxic because um, a lot of business owners want to save on labor and it makes sense so they'll just hire any cook yeah you know yeah Yeah, they just need bodies to run you know be a cog in the machine um and it works but you know turnover rate is high then the the environment of the kitchen is changed constantly yeah so you don't feel like a family you don't feel comfortable coming into work yeah um so i think that in itself is important like in the kitchen that I work in, we're all different characters, but we all mesh very well and we're yeah. able to work well and respect each other. And that's very important. The women feel safe with the men. Yeah. The men are all very respectful. And yeah, like obviously egos are still happening and stuff, but it's healthy ego. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that yeah. it's like, you know, ego is, it can be important, you mm-hmm. know, and as far as like, you know, like I said, and that goes back to the competition thing that we said, you know, just having, yes. trying to push each other to be better. Yeah. I guess is more where the ego comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just kind of going to, you know, bring that up as far as, you know, in his mind, it was that it's not sustainable for like, you know, because I guess maybe because over his course of his career in different areas, it wasn't sustainable that yeah. it always fell apart. You know, it could have been the owner and those kitchens and stuff definitely still exist. I'm not saying they don't exist. They do, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, obviously they do. But, like, the idea, though, that that a good kitchen can't last and, like, it's not sustainable is, is uh, you know, asinine to me. And kind of that's what I was butting against with him. Um, but, yeah, I was going to kind of get your take on that. So Yeah, I also think that, like, another toxic thing about kitchens is, like, you have to realize that there's always going to be a turnover rate. So when someone starts being unhealthy and unhappy in their job, it is, like, that's that's because, like, you're just burnt out and you're tired. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is that in that in that aspect, it is the industry. Mm-hmm. And that won't ever change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always going to be hard work, long yeah. hours. Yeah. It's always going to be like that. And you're always going to have alcohol around. Yeah. So, you know, and other things. Yeah. But, you know, that's always going to be there. It's dependent on the characters who choose to abuse those things or not mm-hmm. and how they handle their life and work-life balance. Um, now, that's up to the individual. I wouldn't blame it on yeah, I think there's more exposure for yeah. sure. There's more. It's more tantalizing to yes. enter this toxic lifestyle yeah but. and i think there probably is like i said maybe i was wasn't you know the idea was that maybe it's more uh people are more aware now that like like peter said mm-hmm. like he used to be very aggressive and angry and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff and he's more aware that like that doesn't no longer works that even like mm-hmm. you know a good chef it no longer realizes that that hard push of like aggression no mm-hmm. longer works a hard push works in a in a soft manner if that makes sense yeah it also so i mean <laughs> There's so much to say. Like, I feel like that just depends on your purpose in a kitchen, too. Yeah. Are you trying to make it so that it's my kitchen and I'm king? Mm -hmm. Or are you, like, bettering the kitchen and you want the business to do well? Right? Because it's like if if you're working for an asshole who it's all about me, 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 he won't care if you learn better or not. He wants to prove to everyone that he's the king. Yeah. So it's like, um, I say he, it could be a she. But, yeah, like... Um, you know, if someone's searching for growth constantly, you'll tell because you can tell because they will accept your your burns too. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll call them out. Yeah. I'll call them out. I don't care if you're my boss, if you're my manager, yeah. I'll be like, yo, you're being a real 
dick. Yeah. <laughs> or that, I mean, even that, I mean, there's still that too. Like, I guess it's like, uh, it's a fine line between like, you know, you know, that like said that ego and all that kind of stuff and also like busting balls and kind of like, you know, that yes. camaraderie, I guess is the right yeah, word. Yeah. Cause like, but, I don't like, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I hold in my anger. Yeah. And then it just radiates off of me and I don't even know I'm doing it. Yeah. And then everyone's like super uncomfortable and I'm like, why? Like what? What's wrong? I'm yeah. fine. You know? And then Peter will, he, it's, it's plain. It's yeah, I, I, I tell him yeah. all the time. I can see when he's wearing a mask. Oh yeah. And a hat. The eyes. I can see it in his face. <laughs> I can see it in his body language. Yeah. I can see it on it. I like, I've learned to watch him so much, especially from being at Luma. Oh. I can tell it in his back. back. Yeah. Yeah. His, yeah. He radiates it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, can just definitely. see it. Yeah. But, and, um, and so like when that happens for Peter, it's, it's amazing. The camaraderie, you know yeah. what I mean? I love being able to work with people that you see their ups, their downs, lows highs and you accept it all mm -hmm. like with peter like sometimes if he's frustrated or something and i sense it and i feel like like he's mad at me or something he's not but you know i'll feel that way yeah. i'll just be like what's wrong and he's like nothing you know yeah okay. and i'll be like okay and then i just like i'm like all right i'm i'm just gonna leave you alone and that's the way it is yeah and he he's learned peter has changed a lot yeah I and then we talked about a little bit of his episode go back and listen to that yeah uh, and he he'll just my coworkers too have all learned how to deal with me yeah and i think that's the important part is learning how to treat others the way they want to be treated and that's important you can't treat everyone the same way you can't yes. teach everyone the same way exactly yes. you know some people will receive yelling very well. Yes. You know, they like it. Kind yeah. Of, you know, and um, some people you just got to coddle. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I need to be coddled. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Peter will just be like, hey, you good? You okay? And I'm like, no, but don't talk about it with me. Yeah. I'm going to cry. And he's like, okay, yeah, just let me know if you need anything. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay, this is nice. Like a chef who actually cares about my mental health. Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, and, Glad that he's able to, you know, grow like that. And like I said, go back and listen to his episode and he can kind of tell you, you know, how we got to that point. Um, so we kind of breeze past oh, Domu, Tori yeah. Tori. We <laughs> yeah. kind of breeze past a lot of things I want to get to. I'm sorry. But um, everyone, you know, that we've had in, we're definitely going to do a part two. Because, okay. you know, I have like a list of stuff that we didn't get to. But one quick thing. Um, do you have a suggestion of Florida mm. as far as a restaurant, um, something you haven't done in a while? My my playground is New Golden Sparkling Supermarket. Okay. It's my favorite place in Orlando. Um, like all the supermarkets are wonderful, but this one just has like everything you need and it's so fun. They import so many snacks and ramens and it's like on rotation constantly. So I'll just spend an hour looking at things. Um, so this is my favorite place. Yeah, yeah well, if you, you know. Follow uh, your Instagram. You want to tag that? Because <laughs> yeah. you have so much unboxing and yeah. like. My uh, Instagram at Christine with the K Youngin. Yes. There's yeah. so much good stuff, especially if you want to know what to buy. Yes. What's good. Oh, yeah. ASMR. Yeah. yeah. ASMR. Or yeah. just me uh, after a shift, slimy and gross and drunk and yeah. eating. So definitely follow ramen. up for that. <laughs> um, as always, follow my Instagram at artist Jordan C. Jones for any kind of uh, coming like events or any paintings that I just finished. You know, that good stuff. And at Instant Friends Pod. Yes, and at Instant Friends Pod. Like us on uh, Apple, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>